Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Cowboys Talk, the Dallas Cowboys discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast. I am the host, the Bear of Texas, and ladies and gentlemen, what a win for the Dallas Cowboys on Monday Night Football against the New York Football Giants. You know, as I did the preview with the fiercely opinionated Mr. Josh McSwain, who, by the way, is one of the co-hosts of the Guys, Gavin, and Gridiron podcast show with Mr. AJ Torres, an absolutely fantastic show, by the way, Josh McSwain said that in his honest opinion, and again, one of the many reasons why he's the fiercely opinionated Mr. Josh McSwain, is that he said that the, in his honest opinion, the New York Giants being to, coming in this game 2-0 or Arguably the worst 2-0 team he has ever seen. Now, another good buddy, Darnell, a.k.a. the Playmaker Salon, said, well, they're 2-0, that's what's important. Okay. One perspective to the other. No problem. Two sophisticated, knowledgeable football minds, you know, basically seeing things different. Quite frankly, I love it. All right. So Josh McSwain basically explained how he felt about the Giants because he made it clear that when we did the preview, everything he mentioned about the Giants is exactly what I had researched, okay? But before we get too deep into that, Cooper Rush is now 3-0 as a starting quarterback. And check this out, ladies and gentlemen. He's the third quarterback in Dallas Cowboys franchise history to win the first three games on the starts of his career. His first three starts of his career. One of them, out of the other two, would be Roger Staubach. And the other one, ladies and gentlemen, and you might want to hold on to your hat for this one. The other Dallas Cowboy quarterback that won his first three starts in his career, ladies and gentlemen, that would be Jason Garrett. I mean, how about that? I mean, as far as Jason Garrett goes, no matter how I personally feel about him or how we as Cowboys Nation feel about him, we will never forget that Thanksgiving game in 1994. Now, quite frankly, in my case, I was, <laughs> oh, I was, you know, I was a baby when that took place. But still, I mean, I've I've watched the game, I've watched the highlights. I'll, I'll never forget for a project assignment for a speech class back when I was at community college when I spoke about Jason Garrett's Thanksgiving performance. Uh, no matter what about Jason Garrett, we can never take away that Thanksgiving game back in 1994. So anyway. I have to confess, ladies and gentlemen, Cooper Rush has done nothing more than prove me wrong. Because there's a couple things in this show that I will confess, okay? And the fiercely opinionated Mr. Josh McSwain will certainly confirm it. Now, it's, an, it's unfortunate that I couldn't have him on for the recap as well as Mr. John Misak. But not to worry, y'all. They will both be back. I promise you that, okay? Number one, as far as Cooper Rush goes, I am not going to lie to you. I will fully confess right here, right now, that after the preseason, I felt that Will Greer should have been the backup over Cooper Rush. Okay? In other words, I did not show Cooper Rush the love and respect that he has proven that he deserves. Okay? I will not lie to you. I am taking responsibility, as you can see. And Cooper Rush has continued to prove me wrong. And quite frankly, all I can say about it, uh, as uh, uh, besides the praise, is Cooper Rush, please, please, please keep doing it. Keep doing it, my friend. You're doing a fantastic job. And you are earning your respect every day. Keep up the good work, sir. Okay, well... You know, believe it or not, folks, in the preview, in the preview 
before this game against the Giants, uh, as I did with Mr. Josh McSwain. Believe it or not, I did actually pick the Cowboys, and I did say the Cowboys better not make me regret my decision to actually pick them this week. Now, on our trivals, it's unfortunate as far as our trivals goes um, with the Pantry Pipe Bomb Productions and Pipe Bomb Radio. Unfortunately, last week, because of some um, couple of things that were going on, uh, we, we couldn't actually do the show on Saturday. But I did actually ask my buddies, Darnell, a.k.a. the Playmaker, and Ricky, a.k.a. the Master of Mayhem, on their picks, and they picked the New York Giants. I kid you not, I swear to you, on my grandfather's grave, those dudes, they picked the New York Giants, I picked the Dallas Cowboys, so what does that mean, ladies and gentlemen? I was the lone wolf in this one. Well, some would say lone wolf, but in my case, I'd like to say, uh, the lone bear. (laughs) Anyway, so... (laughs) <laughs> now, normally, I'm always going against my Cowboys. I'm saying, oh, they're not good enough. They're just going to choke. They're, they're going to disappoint. But this week, I felt like, you know what? Because, because you know, honestly, I felt the same way as Mr. Josh McSwain did about the New York Giants. Because, again, they beat the Titans, which was off of a missed field goal. They beat the Panthers. I mean, they beat the Panthers. I mean, the Panthers are just, you know, the Panthers. But, you know, the Panthers did actually pull off an upset against the New Orleans Saints, uh... This uh, past Sunday, did they not? So, yeah. I mean, they're beating the Saints 22-14, to but some would say that's a result of, um, well, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe just a bad day in the office for the New Orleans Saints. I don't know. But anyway, bottom line is I picked the Cowboys. Now, Josh McSwain, he did pick the Giants, but he was, he was basically, in a way, he picked the Giants, but he was not going to rule out the Cowboys possibly winning. So, so Josh McSwain, you, you can honestly tell, like, as I was doing the show, I could honestly tell he was definitely having a, he was honestly having a difficult time. And no, I'll be honest, Josh McSwain is such a great guy. When he has a hard time making these picks, sometimes it happens to me, but, you know, I feel, I, I felt bad for the, for the dude because Josh is so intelligent. You know I mean? Again, I don't just give him the fact that he's got a very, unique and sophisticated, knowledgeable mind of football. It's because, quite frankly, he does. He knows what he's saying. <laughs> but anyway, so me going against the Cowboys, you know, I made it clear when I wrote the preview for um, Third Down Thursdays. By the way, uh, shout out to MJ Hurley and Coach Bruce, uh, the founders of Third Down Thursdays, because you know I can't tell you how much of an honor it is to be working with them. I'm actually working really hard to get MJ on my video game podcast. I'm going to try to get Coach Bruce on my wrestling podcast. You know, quite frankly, I would love to have him on uh, on this show because soon the Cowboys will be playing MJ's Packers. And they'll, they'll also be playing Coach Bruce's Bears. So hopefully, I can have them on this show. Uh, I can have them on this show uh, for those particular games. But uh, we'll go and we'll have to wait and see. Anyway, so one of the concerns was well, it would said that Michael Gallup. There was a chance that he could have actually made his debut this season for the Cowboys, but unfortunately, he did not. As far as him playing against Washington this Sunday, well, mm, my gut feeling tells me if he was not going to play on Monday, he's probably not going to play on Sunday. But I think the bigger concern was that because Micah Parsons missed at least two practices last week because he was dealing with an illness, and they did mention that he that he was that he was uh, tested for for COVID, but uh, he tested negative, thankfully. So I, I think they mentioned he had a sore throat and like that. So you know what? Summer's over, fall has just hit, so it's, it's basically that time of year. I mean, I'll be honest, I've been starting to sneeze a little bit. 
getting some signs of allergies. So and that's what happens, especially in the state of Texas. When it goes from summer to being fall, even though it's still hot, but still, I mean, something, something just happens. Something just happens. So I said to myself, one of the keys to victory is to sack the quarterback. And the Cowboys actually did that. They actually sacked Daniel Jones five times. Demarcus Lawrence registered three sacks. Which, by the way, that gives Demarcus Lawrence his third career game with at least three sacks in a game. So, great job by my Demarcus Lawrence. Now, Micah Parsons did actually end up playing in the game, so that was great. Um, you know, did actually put up some pressure on uh, on Daniel Jones. Now, uh, unfortunately, this do this does break my heart a little bit. Did he did he get the, did he get a sack? No, but you know what? It's okay. It's all right. I mean, let's let's be honest. I don't expect Micah Parsons to get to the quarterback every single game. I mean, he put he he inflicted pressure on Daniel Jones, so Micah Parsons still had a hell of a game. Now he didn't register a sack, but Micah Parsons still did his job to the best of his ability. And quite frankly, Micah Parsons did an absolutely fantastic job. And I can honestly say that, well, for somebody that was dealing with an illness last week, he did not seem to be suffering any ill effects. Or quite frankly. It didn't seem like the illness slowed him down whatsoever. So, you know, Donovan Wilson got a, a, also had a sack, as well as Dorrance Armstrong. And speaking of Mr. Dorrance Armstrong Jr., when he blocked that field goal, the Giants' field goal at the beginning, oh, I mean, Dak Prescott's reaction. Now that, ladies and gentlemen, was totally priceless. <laughs> totally priceless. So going back to the five sacks that the Dallas Cowboys had, the Cowboys are now at 13 sacks so far this season, and they actually lead the National Football League. And according to this, the Cowboys getting 13 sacks th through the first three games of the season, this is the seventh time in history that this has happened. And the last time the Dallas Cowboys had 13 sacks within the first three games of the season was all the way back in 2013, but ironically that year, the Dallas Cowboys defense ended up being probably the worst it has ever been. Hmm. Maybe worse than 2020. But anyway, the five sacks in that game, tremendous. 13 sacks within the first three games, tremendous. And it looks like the Dallas Cowboys, the man, the, 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 the sacks are just going to continue. It looks like the Cowboys have a defense set up to where opposing quarterbacks are so going to be in uncomfortable positions. And as far as the Dallas Cowboys goes on defense, keeping an opposing quarterback away from any comfort zone whatsoever, that is key. That is vital to success. So all I can say is keep sacking the quarterback, guys. That's what it takes. Enforce some turnovers. And turnovers have actually kind of been of a problem. I think, you know, Trayvon Diggs actually got his first interception of the season, which, which um, amazingly was the game-winning was the game -winning interception. So, of course, everybody, now I'm personally kind of hoping that um, he starts a streak as well, and we'll have to go wait and see. But this game overall, a bit frustrating, honestly, because especially with the officiating. Now, I don't want to go into the full details as far as the officiating goes because... You know, my boy, Darnell, a.k.a. the Playmaker, would say that I got to move on from it. I got to, you know, forget about it. You know, the Cowboys won, but still. When the officiating, the officiating is absolutely atrocious, uh, nobody, with all due respect, I'm actually going to give my honest thoughts. I'm going to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help me God. And quite frankly, the officiating 
But in the Cowboys and Giants game, well, it was quite frankly not good. You know, there was a time where Noah Brown got interfered with in the end zone, no call. Or there was a time, you know, where the Cowboys could have made it a two-touchdown lead late in the game and it looked as though Noah Brown was held, no call. I mean, I saw a lot of things and there was no call, but then all of a sudden the Cowboys make a mistake, oh, the flags start flying, and there you go, now the referee decides to, decides to make a call, right? So if the Cow if it's on the Cowboys, yeah, of course they'll call the, they'll call the penalty, but if it was the other way around, that did not happen, now did it? Now, we saw it, okay? If you watched the game, you saw it. You know it, I know it. The officiating was bad, but the Cowboys somehow were able to survive it, okay? But then again, we cannot just blame the poor officiating because, first of all, we can't blame the referee for CeeDee Lamb dropping that huge pass in the first half, which definitely would have been a touchdown. But I'm not going to throw CeeDee Lamb under the bus for that because CeeDee Lamb went on to redeem himself big time. That one-handed touchdown, <laughs> now that was a way to redeem himself to the fullest, and he did it in a brilliant fashion. All right? In a brilliant fashion. So that's that, but here's one thing. Okay, I don't know, quite frankly, what the bigger mystery is. The fact that the running game was alive or the fact that the running game stayed there. The running game was never abandoned, folks. That is a mystery to me because you would see that the running game would disappear. It didn't. Now, Zeke Elliott finally punched in a touchdown to have his first of the season. So, that's definitely good. But, you know, believe it or not, Tony Pollard actually had quite the game. 13 carries for 105 yards, averaging 8.1 yards per rush. And, ladies and gentlemen, check this out. Veteran offensive lineman Jason Peters suited up for this game. He came in in one game when Tony Pollard had that huge run. Who was there to create the hole? Jason freaking Peters. So it seems to me that Jason Peters is making tremendous progress in being prepared to take on bigger roles for the Dallas Cowboys. Now, he didn't start the game. He was not in there most of the time. Now, quite frankly, I, I wouldn't expect him to, even moving forward. But I think that Jason Peters is leaning to getting more snaps in the future. I'd expect that he's probably going to get a few more this Sunday against Washington. And then probably by next week when they when they go to the City of Angels to take on the defending Super Bowl champions, the Los Angeles Rams. I would not be su surprised if the Dallas Cowboys called on Jason Peters to offer his full services for this game. Okay. Now, Jason Peters is a 40-year-old veteran. I'm not saying he's washed up or too old. What I'm saying is, if he plays, a lot, plays takes a lot of snaps, then great. But here's the deal. I, you cannot expect him, not only should we not expect it, but he shouldn't even be in a position to where he has to do the, the, all the blocking by himself. He can provide a boost, but the other offensive linemen need to do their job as well. And I got to be honest with you folks, the offensive line, as much as a cause for concern they have been, they've actually been doing a whole lot better. I mean, for God's sake, Cooper Rush was not sacked against the Giants. He was not sacked. <laughs> I mean, how amazing is that? Okay. <coughs> now I'm so worked up. Now, Kayvon Thibodeau actually made his debut for the Giants in this game. Now, the offensive line did have a few penalties. Now, Tyler Smith, the rookie, actually had a holding penalty. So, you know, of course, you know, it happens like that. So... You know, that, that's another thing for the Cowboys. I mean, penalties did actually hurt the Cowboys too, but somehow the Cowboys were able to overcome such an unfortunate set of circumstances. I mean, a total 
both teams had actually had eight penalties, but as far uh, according to this, the penalty yards, the New York Giants had 57, while the Cowboys had 70. So, uh, so it it seems to me that on you know, sometimes it's going to happen, but you know, seeing the Cowboys have a total of 176 yards. <laughs> That's actually impressive. I mean, Saquon Barkley was actually kept under 100 yards of carries, even though Saquon Barkley had that big run, you know, which actually gave which actually gave the New York Giants the touchdown. But check this out: Daniel Jones again kept under 200 passing yards, had zero touchdowns and one interception. This Cowboys defense at times did actually have some struggles because they did let Daniel Jones kind of run all over them. Daniel Jones had ran nine times for 79 yards. That's an average of nine yards per play. So, so Daniel Jones, as bad as you know, all the funny nicknames that everybody wants to give him. Okay, Daniel Jones did actually kind of give the Cowboys a hard time, you know, with his running. But Daniel Jones has always been kind of known for being a scrambling quarterback, and he did have a he, he did have a couple of you know interesting throws. So I always say. We can say whatever we want about Daniel Jones. You can call him Danny Dimes, you know, Danny Blown Tires, whatever. But Daniel Jones, every now and then, can certainly put up a put, do something that can actually catch your attention. So, in other words, sometimes Daniel Jones is not the quarterback that we like to that, that we like to uh, honestly uh, depict him uh, depict him on, you know, in a humorous way. But anyway, now, ladies and gentlemen, now here's another confession. All right. When the New York Giants made it 13 to 6, I texted my good friend Mr. Josh McSwain and said, "Well, that's pretty much game. The defense looks defense is not looking very strong. The offense looks lost. It's pretty much game over." <laughs> so, look at that. <coughs> I decided to be the bad <laughs> the, the bad overreacting idiot. And as soon as the, the freaking Cowboys give up that touchdown, I basically just gave up, threw in the towel. That was it. All right. <laughs> and I'll be. And folks, look, I'm not lying. I mean, even Josh McSwain will actually confirm this. <laughs> Josh McSwain would not disagree when I say that I was badly overreacting. Okay, because when I said that. And then the Cowboys immediately respond. Josh McSwain did. <laughs> he did have something to say. Well. I shouldn't say he had something to say. I should honestly say he had something to ask because he said, and I quote, you were saying? <laughs> I mean, how ironic it is. I give up on the Cowboys because, you know, like that, and they respond. I'm like, okay, all right, well, they're back in the game. Can, can they actually, can the defense prevent the Giants from inflicting more damage? Can the offense score again? And that's exactly what we saw. All right, that's, that's exactly what we saw, so... <laughs> I mean, CeeDee Lamb finishing with eight catches, 87 yards, and that touchdown. And I'll be honest, folks. When CeeDee Lamb dropped that pass, I felt like I was going to put this on Twitter, but somehow, someway, something inside me told me just don't fucking do it. Don't fucking put that. Because I was actually going to tweet and say, starting, you know, this, is, this will be the last time I, I will not be starting CeeDee Lamb on my fantasy team after this game. I, I, I was just about to... I actually had it written out. I was about to hit the button to say tweet, but I did not fucking do it. Something inside just told me, it's going to be okay. Don't put that tweet. You've already given up on the... Well, this was before I officially... I kind of officially threw in the towel, but... So I, I don't put it, and then what happens? CeeDee Lamb somehow, some way, redeems himself. 
and he got me some good fantasy points. Even though I, even though I honestly, I, I already, already had the game won. So I mean, but still, you know, you know, going to this game, you know, I, I made a judgment call this week. You know, I benched the Buffalo Bills defense in favor of the Dallas Cowboys defense, and well, what a what a move that turned out to be, especially with what happened to the Buffalo Bills. I mean, I'll be honest, Mr. Josh Allen, seeing him like that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, another thing is, unfortunately, on one of my other teams, I have Dalton Schultz, and I had to bench him, but you know, he was actually ruled out of the game. He did not play in this one. Uh, Mr. Jake Ferguson and Peyton Hendershot were the tight ends that kind of that came into play, and they both had catches. You know, Peyton Hendershot actually had one brilliant catch. He you know, had three catches with 43 yards. Noah Brown, five catches with 54 yards, and... I'm telling you, like, we actually have these dudes that are actually stepping up for the challenge. And Jalen Talbert, actually, who was inactive for the first two games, actually finally suited up. But he had one catch for four yards. But, but yeah, I mean, the, the passing game, I mean, I'm telling you, you see these guys that, with, with these names we've never heard of, dudes we don't even expect to even make an impact. And they're making an impact to the best of their ability. So, yeah. So, so, so that's it right there. I mean... You know, it was right before when the Giants, right before the Giants scored that touchdown, how the offense sputtered on that one on that one particular drive. These big, long, incomplete passes. I mean, that's that, I guess that's just how frustrated I was. Um, you know, I'll be honest. In this one, Kellen, Kellen Moore. You know, normally everybody knows how I am on him. How I'm always basically you know with his play calling. Now, I'll be honest, the play calling. Well. I really have nothing to say, nothing negative much to say about the play calling. I mean, I mean, of course, every now and then the play calling, we, he didn't call the particular play that we had hoped. But, I mean, the fact of the matter is, is the running game sta stayed alive. So, Kellen Moore kept the running game alive. I'm like, that's better. Now, if the running game remains effective, you do not abandon it. All right? And furthermore, how many times have I said, just... Place your faith and your trust in Mr. Tony Pollard. In Tony Pollard we trust, and look what Tony Pollard gave us. 13 carries, 105 yards, okay? Now, there was one on that huge play that he had. Unfortunately, we had to settle for a field goal, so that's the part where the critical of the offense where I came, but I'm not sure if that's entirely on more or if it's just a bad play or whatever, but, you know... The bottom line is the Cowboys offense sputtered again a few times, but the Cowboys offense found a way to get through, okay? So, I mean, the on offense is probably always going to sputter, especially with the Cowboys, but the bottom line is they found a way and they got it done in the fourth they got it done in this in this in the fourth quarter, you know, when it mattered most and especially in the in the second half, so now the fact that the Cowboys had to make it 23-13 when it could have easily been 27-13 it certainly put up a little bit of pressure, but when the Giants drove down the field and then all of a sudden the Giants offense sputtered and there was that one play where <sighs> there was actually two two fouls on the play, but there was intentional grounding on Daniel Jones and then unfortunately took a sack away. But, you know, but the, the, making the Giants sell for a field goal, but then the Cowboys did not get that first down, you know, to, to basically seal the, the deal. So the Cowboys had to give the Giants the ball back. Or had, they had to put the ball back. So, but I'll be honest, I wasn't actually too thrilled. I, I, I was okay. I wasn't too thrilled, but I wasn't too worried because I felt that, you know, uh, the, the Cowboys defense was going to get to Daniel Jones and the, and the Giants would not be able to tie the game. But, uh, 
But you know, a, a few times, you know, Daniel Jones, I think, got maybe one or one or two first downs, you know, up on that drive, and then, you know, he, he throws that that pass, and then you know, uh, I think Sterling Shepard fell to the ground, and then Trayvon Diggs intercepts the pass, and then it's game over. And I just, I, I think the bottom line is the fact that the Cowboys forced a turnover on a drive uh, on a drive that the Giants attempted to uh, drive down the field to tie the game, and they, the Cowboys defense comes up clutch, finally forces a turnover. I was like, well, they they got it done at the best time at the best part of the game. Now I would love to see to see more turnovers, but you know what? You know what? A turnover to seal the deal. That's that's good. Now, because the bottom line is, we saw again, we we saw Daniel Jones under tremendous pressure, and he got sacked, you know, five times. I like that. The turnovers too would be better, but you know, continuing to sack the quarterback and p- forcing him under pressure. I mean, that's playing defense too. That's playing defense too, and that's playing defense in a unique in a unique way and it's to the best of their ability. So, so major props to the Cowboys defense on that one. So, and check this out. You know, speaking of the Cowboys defense, check this out. According to ESPN stats and info, last night the Giants did not run a single play in the red zone. Let me say that one more time. The New York Giants did not run a single play in the red zone. They're the second team to do that this season, which ironically, the first team that did that this season were the Dallas Cowboys, which were in week one. All right. And we'll go back to Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott has scored a rushing touchdown in each of his last five games against the New York Giants. That's their lo- third longest streak against the Giants all time. And that actually passes Emmett Smith, who did this, you know, from 2000 to 2002. So, so you know, Zeke Elliott, you know, unfortunately, you know, didn't wasn't fed the ball a, a little bit more. Although, well, in Zeke Elliott's case... The fact is, he he was fed the ball more 15 times, you know. So, yeah, I mean, 28 carries total for Pollard and Elliott. And Elliott, 15 carries for 73 yards. I mean, that's an average of a 4.9 yards, but he did have a touchdown. So, so, so Elliott was fed the ball, but just didn't have a good game. But, you know, again, you know, it, it, it's, it's just amazing you know, how Pollard actually ends up having the better game. But, anyway, we'll have to see. How, how things go, I mean, moving forward. <clears throat> Excuse me, kind of. Dealing with some hiccups right now. <clears throat> Alright. But, anyway. Th- this particular game. Me watching it. Me trying me trying not to lose my mind. Ugh, oh, man. <sighs> I gotta be honest. It's just, uh... The game was a, was a bit overwhelming, but I was able to make it through, and turned out the Cowboys are good, so maybe the Cowboys can keep the winning the, the winning streak alive because they're definitely going to have to win this, this week because, again, next week the Dallas Cowboys will be going to the City of Angels to take on the Rams, and we know how things are going to be, uh, things how, how things are going to go. Anyway. So, ladies and gentlemen, so this win against the Giants, I mean, the, the, the Giants actually, well, the Cowboys are actually, I think, now, I don't even know what the record is against the Giants since 2017. I mean, since 2017, the Cowboys have only lost to the Giants once, which was in 2020 when Andy Dalton was, was starting. You know, Dak Prescott actually, since then, Dak Prescott has yet to lose to the New York Giants. He only lost them, lost to them twice, which was in 2016 in his rookie year, so... So the Cowboys have really kind of built up that that kind of thing with the Giants. So, hmm. 
it's it's just so tough, and you know, going in, in this game too. I mean, Daniel Jones entered Monday Night Football with an zero and eight record in primetime games. So, you know, I actually had never thought of that. <laughs> so maybe that's why you know, picking 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 the Cowboys could have could have been the uh, that could have been a reason, but I just hadn't thought of that honestly. I wasn't even actually aware of that to be honest. Ugh, man. You know, go a couple of quick facts. You know, going to that game, yeah. So the Cowboys had won nine of the last ten meetings going into this game. So nine of the last ten meetings. I mean, Cowboys have put up a, a track record against the Giants, but you know, the Giants—they're the one who who has who have won. You know, they've won two Super Bowls. You know, recently more than the Cowboys. So yeah, so the so the Giants still kind of have a, have a last laugh. Hmm. The Cowboys, you know, lead the series, the all-time series, with 71 wins, 46 losses, and two draws. So, yeah. So, all I can say is, Cowboys got to keep up the good work, and hopefully, against Washington, uh, we'll we'll see how that goes. And I cannot wait to preview it. So, ladies and gentlemen, that actually will do it for the recap. But before I let you go, I'd like to remind you that Cowboys Talk is proudly brought to you by Fanatics. Fanatics is your number one place for fan apparel. Fanatics offers over 500,000 items from all the top brands from the NFL, the NBA, MLB, NHL, Major League Soccer, as well as European Soccer. So if you're looking to shop at Fanatics, just find the link in the description, start shopping, and take advantage of the best deals in the world. And for all you pro wrestling fans, WWEShop.com is now part of the Fanatics experience. So if you're looking to get your pro wrestling merch, just find Cowboys Talk's link in the description, start shopping, get your pro wrestling merch, and save a good deal of money. And Cowboys Talk is also proudly brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Stream live sports as well as your favorite shows from CBS, Comedy Central, Nickelodeon, and so much more. Plans start at $4.99 per month and you can cancel at any time. Subscribe now and you can even get a free trial. So if you are looking to subscribe at Paramount+, Plus, just find the link in this episode's description, set up your account, and start binge-watching your favorite shows immediately. And Cowboys Talk is available to you on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. Thank you very, very much for joining me today, and I will see you all next time.